Welcome, welcome to the show. I am your host, Mindologist Chantel Simone, and I would like to welcome you to the Wake Up and Live show. If it's the very first time that you're watching this show, welcome. We stand for three key things, purpose, mind mastery, and truth. So expect to be shifted, expect the unexpected, expect to hear that thing that you need to hear right now, that thing that's going to be able to move you to that next level and that next thinking of life. Take the opportunity right now to click that share button because we're going to unpack something that's really, uh, uh, really getting closer to the root of all that's happening and a lot of the challenges that show up in the society today. So we are about midway of the season of season three of the Wake Up and Live show. I am so excited because this season is all about you. Our third season is the power of perspective. We want to know what are you thinking? What are you saying? What is it that, that you believe that you can come on the show, that you can comment on the show, that you can share with others and spark conversations to help shift perspective? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. We see our lives, we see through the lens of our own perspective. So if we only took a moment to understand another perspective, that might just bring us closer to where we need to go. So today, help me welcome my co-host for today, as we are in midway of the season, bringing you some live and fresh information. Please help me welcome Mr. Lester Bailey to the show. Hello, Chantel. How are you? I am fabulous, Mr. Bailey. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I am so happy to be here. You know, I love this perspective show. How many times have we looked at our views and we agreed with someone and we did not agree with them, but yet we understood to, how about I've learned how to agree with disagreeing with someone else without a fight or a battle? You know, it's always good when you get a chance to see both sides or even the third side of something. something. And I am so happy to be along with you all. Wait till you see what we unpack today. Back to you, Chantel. Straight on purpose. Amen to that. You know what? What's really important is, um, number one, that we really love to come together and share the perspective because... Listen, we all come from different places and it's very needed. We really need to understand and unpack what's going on in the world. So we started this season to invite you to the table and we want to be able to get your perspective. So you have a voice. You have a voice that we want you to share that matters. And for today, what we're actually going to do is we are going to unpack the, our very awesome topic today of the impact of fathers. Mm. The impact of fathers. You know, a lot of us are out on the street and we're, we're protesting. A lot of us are in our homes and having conversations. A lot of us on Zoom calls having conversations. And what we, you know, oftentimes I say, you know, if everybody's swimming left, I'm curious to see what's going on on the right. If everybody's going up, I'm curious to see what's down below. And, you know, even Einstein, Einstein said that he wasn't the smartest man in the world, but he was the most curious. So in this show, when we talk about perspectives, we actually are inviting you to be curious. Be curious about where other people are coming from and what perspective they have. And not only from an individual level, but from a corporate level, from a from a global level, from a governmental level. A lot of us are talking about freedom right now. And and, you know, um, we're speaking about lives that matter. We're speaking about black lives that matter. We're speaking about our own health when it comes to Corona. We're speaking about, you know, fear and all these things. But one of the things that we don't, we haven't really touched upon and not, and I don't see it in any real political campaigns or conversations, is the impact that our fathers have or don't have. Now, of course, this past weekend was Father's Day, so a, a special happy Father's Day as we continue the season. So I have a mm -hmm. You, Lester, and to all those fathers out there, and double fathers, I say, if you're a great grandpa, 
But uh, I do want to I do want to unpack that the impact of fathers. Now, there's many people. We're going to ask for your contributions if you're watching. We really want you to weigh into that. Now, there's many people out there that had the privilege and uh, to be able to grow up in a dual family home. So I want to just quick take a survey and I want to find out how many of you grew up in a dual family home, meaning you had your mother and your father in the home. Uh, and uh, let's unpack that. So let's start with you, Lester. Did you grow up with both your parents, your father and your mother in the home? Uh, for the first few years of my life, yes. And for the second half of my life, no. <laughs> okay. I, I had an opportunity to have it both ways with my father in the home and to later in life learn to live with my father. So uh, you know, I have a little separation of life there. Okay, awesome. So why don't you tell us what is it like, now you had a relationship with your father throughout, whether he was in or the home or not, you had a relationship. Can you share what are some things that your father taught you, the impact your father had on your life? The biggest thing my father ever taught me was leadership. He would always be, you know, that father that, that had the rules and said, listen, this is how you have to learn to grow up. You have to learn how to become a leader. You have to take on responsibilities in your life. No matter what comes your way, take responsibility up for it, stand up for it, and make sure you go further. He also impacted me going to school because he always wanted me to go to school and to further my education. And lastly, of course, he says, when you have children, make sure that you take care of them. And that was the biggest thing that he was always talking about. He says, family is necessary. And when I understood that, when I found out the importance of being there for my children, my father was engaged into making sure that I reared my own children well. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. And you know what? Myself, I did grow up with both parents in the home. Um, and, and if it, and this may, and I just want to put the disclaimer out there. I know that for some, this could actually be a point that's quite sensitive. You know, there's, there's some that maybe didn't have the luxury of having both parents. There's some people that don't have the luxury of even knowing their parents, whether it be their mom or their dad. So we, we appreciate your thoughts and your comments and your feedback. Um, and we just wanted to kind of find out what the situation is because, you know, there is a lot of people who, who in life, it's about modeling. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. When you're a child, you do what you see, not what you, your parents say. <laughs> we know that that's one of the most truest things. Your parents don't get smart until you get older. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So as a parent, we're actually modeling how to be and how to conduct yourself in life. So if you are only having a one-sided uh, uh, experience, meaning just from the mom, I think the mom and the dad, they complete each other. They complete the package. They complete what's necessary. So if we're only having one side of the equation, then some way, somehow, you know, I know a lot of single mothers, a lot of single mothers out there doing their absolute best to be able to be the mother and the father. And one of the key things is, is that when we do that, that, you know, it's, it's being able to, to, to make up for that side, but what's really happening when we look at some of the statistics out there, some of the, the most dysfunctional or the most challenging experiences that I've heard from others comes from the fact of how they were brought up of their, of their childhood. So the impact of fathers is huge. And I would go as far as this. Now, this is the real reason. You guys really, really, really ready for the real reason why this is our topic today? <laughs> because we are going on the street and we're fighting for justice. We're going in the street and we're, we're, we think it's, it's a black and white thing. We think it's a cop versus man thing. We think it's, it's a, more specifically a black man versus a white cop thing. When, when we really look at it, what is the impact is that fathers are being taken away from their homes. George Floyd's daughter, I've seen many pictures, she's become a little uh, celebrity now. I've seen many pictures out there with her holding a, a, a photo with her and her dad and just like kind of reminiscing on it. She's gonna grow up without a father figure. 
which means she may have separation anxiety, which means she may have, she may think she's not good enough. She may, there's all these other things that come with the fact of not having a father in the home or not knowing your father. And it's repeating a cycle. So much so, slavery, there was, you know, for those when we were looking to see if we can find the article for you, but it's definitely out there. Um, some talk about the Willie Lynch letter, and if you don't know what that is, definitely search it up, seeing that slavery is on top of uh, everybody's mind now. Um, but there was, let's say, a, a, a letter or, 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 or directive where this master, slave masters, were told specifically separate their families. Mm -hmm. If you separate, if you destroy or break down a family and you don't provide them education, that is the destruction of a people. And essentially that's what's been happening in the black community. So that's when the father in slavery, they would take the father and send him right. They'd take the mother and send her left. And they would separate. There's no family union units. There's no. There's not a solid foundation. And on top of that, there's no education. How could one prosper with that, Lester? What are your thoughts on that? Having a father being in your life, and and for a lot of people, you know, you have mama's boys and daddy's girls. You know, and most of the time with daddy's girls, fathers are your first love. They're the first people that you see. And once you separate that, you bring a little problem up with a lot of girls. They they don't know how to deal with a man that comes into their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times a mother will say, depending on her experience, how she's experiencing, you know, it's a good experience with a guy. She gives that same experience to, of course, her daughter. But if she had a bad experience with with that, she's giving that bad experience, and it makes like. Fathers are not important people. What fathers bring to the table is that stabilization. You get a chance to be able to see what it's like when you have a strong figure in the house. Mm-hmm. Mother is, mothers are mostly nurturing. Fathers are not known to be most nurturers. But again, they show you how a family should be led when they're involved in their family. You look at hmm, during slavery time, if they pulled the father out, the only memory that they had is a man working out in the fields. So they never get a chance to see their fathers and they expect throughout their lives, fathers went to work and mothers stayed home. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get into this 20th century and fathers were not as much at work. And then they started being closer. And now the girls didn't know what to deal with them because the father came home. And then you bring it out to the last decade, more fathers are walking their babies. You know, you, you can see the out there, they've got the babies in the strollers or they're carrying their, or their full-time dads. When fathers are involved, when children get a chance to see, they can see the multifacets of what the father looks like, how he impacts his family and how the strength, and I don't mean as in physical strength, but how the mental strength starts showing up because he doesn't look at things quite like mothers do. Mm-hmm. I love to hear the terminology, I'm the baby's mama and I'm the baby's father. Mm-hmm. You are never going to be the both. You may be one or the other and stronger at whoever you are, but you can't be both of them because you were never taught how to be father and mother at the same time. Right. You will learn, you will, you learn how to be a, a strong woman and then from the guys, yeah, you became that strong man. Throughout my lifetime, which is you know one of the craziest things, I worked in a lot of high schools and I had a lot of children call me dad because they were used to having conversations where they can sit there and I wasn't as nurturing, but even though that I was, but I was able to give them a, a different viewpoint. And that's what fathers bring. They bring such a strong, different viewpoint of the world and what it takes. That's, that's how hard it is. When you come down to the black family and so many guys are like, oh, I don't like my father because he was never there. And that's 90, but I am a because they knew their fathers to be where? Incarcerated. Even yeah. during the time of slavery, he was incarcerated. Yeah. Every time did they not see that? 
But when fathers are working and they're actually out there and they can talk to their children, give them a, a different viewpoint, as always, we started looking at how important is that man standing there? Who is this man versus that's my dad? <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it it is really important. And um, and just want to say hello to everybody watching us right now. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Maria. There's a lot of people who have, uh, you know, divorced parents. There's a lot of people who don't know their parents or don't know one parent. And here's the thing that we really wanted to communicate and share our perspective on is that there, even if you grew up without knowing a father, without knowing a mother even, or without knowing your parents in general, there's more. There is a void that happens. There is a void that, that, that happens when you don't know your parents. I would say you will want to address that void as soon as possible and fill it with something greater. And that's really what it comes down to, because when you look at the amount of and I'm just going to take a dabble into the, the world of, of uh, the black community for a moment, because, you know, a, a few of my friends, I, I meet a lot of powerful black sisters, you know, and, and it's great. And we are talking about um, interracial relationships. And for the most part, people are open and some people are really wanting to rebuild a family unit. So want to rebuild in their community. And when we look at the, the black man, there is a percentage that's incarcerated, like you said. There's a percentage that likes the same sex. There is a percentage that has already, you know, for example, is already married. And then there's a percentage that is just unavailable. They're just lost in a different world, whether it be because of the system or because of drugs or what have you. So, so we always joke that, hey, it's slim picking if, if we're looking to really to, to align with that. And, and the point is, is that it's repeating a cycle. There's, I meet so many people who are divorced. Me, myself, I'm divorced. So many people are divorced. We're not building strong family units. So it's already separated. It's already divided. Taking away our men is, is breaking down a family structure. And that's where the real focus could be. What now, Lester, you've been around a lot of politicians. You've, mm -hmm. been, you've been around the game, you've seen a lot of stuff, you've been around the world. What percentage? of the conversations that you hear on a political level, on a governmental level, has to deal with rebuilding the family? Almost none. And that's, when you look at the top leaderships of the country, no matter what country you are, you're in, they don't talk about it as into, this is an important field to see how the fathers are showing up. Is there a mother? Is there a father in the relationship? When they talk about the structure of the family, they talk about the economic part of the family. You have both parents working. Some people have been blessed enough only to have one working parent. Some people have had two working parents. But they don't like talking about that because when you start building up families, you build a stronger structure. Your foundation of life it's so much better because you have a balanced system. Mm -hmm. When people don't want you to see this balanced system, they conquer and divide. I, I love that you know, when we look at what conquers and divides us. You talked about in slavery when they had the men working deep into the fields all night long, and they had the women working for a certain amount of hours, but they kept them away from them so that they wouldn't have a conversation or learn from each other. When you are in a together relationship, you both have an opportunity to learn. You both get a chance to mesh. You get the chance to see what one saw from one side and what one saw from the other. But in politics today, they only talk about building you up economically, not by love. And love is one of those, I guess that's the strongest tool ever because it worked for families. But if your child never sees love from the house, where are they going to pick it up from?
because I know it's certainly not going to be from your local politician. Your love, that love is not going to come out because someone showed you how to do it. You learn everything that you've talked about before from mimicking. It's what you see your father and your mother do on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, it's so many times we, we got to continue that cycle of bringing that up. So on that note, let's shift to, to for those who maybe, like we said, may not have a relationship with father, their father, or, you know, didn't get a chance to grow up with their father. Um, what can they do now? You know, where can we turn? Because there is, for those who tap into this, for those who believe in something greater, there is an ultimate father that we can all share. And that mm. ultimate father can fill any void that we have if we so desire. So for those of you who are watching and may say, well, you know what? I had a decent relationship with my father. I didn't know my father or my father. I was a, a daddy's girl, for example. Everybody has varying degrees. And one of the main things is to really focus in on I, I believe it's a great time to reflect and say what void is going on on the inside that we need to fill. Mm -hmm. Now, it may be about parents. It, it may be about something you about you personally. Everybody has a specific void that they walk around with because I say life is all about recalibrating to who you are. So oftentimes we got to recalibrate. We got to just chime in and say, well, what is it that we need? And when we look at that need, one of the greatest sources or the greatest source is from our father above. So Lester, why don't you share a little bit about what's, what's your relationship with your father from above? Oh, my relationship is 100%. It is an emotional, it's a loving, it's a joyful, it's a happy. It is almost everything for me. I was so lucky. I grew up in a church on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church, which was led by uh, Pastor um, Clay Evans. I'm going to forget his name, but how could I? But Pastor Clay Evans always kept me spiritually grounded with God in, in the lessons that I learned. And I was so happy because of being there. And he assigned me to my other spiritual fathers, where there was, you know, the deacons of the church. And I have some of them all. I dearly miss them because as men, we learn to mimic strong men. That is so important. And I got that chance to have these guys who were strong in their belief. And they will always want to structure me into relationships with especially women and the relationship with God. They want to make sure that I learned who he was. I wasn't just coming into church. My grandmother brought me to church. But my grandmother left me in hands with guys who were very strong. And they were like, no, you're going to sit here and you're going to learn these lessons. And as I learned these lessons, I was so happy. These smiles came on my face. I got indoctrinated and I started paying attention to this biblical fathers that I had in the Bible. And I had to learn about what they were going to do and how they became strong leaders. So when I, I had, I was one of those children that was truly blessed by God Almighty, you know, my spiritual father. I was blessed by the reverend. I was blessed by deacons. I was blessed by my father. I had, you know, that fathership because I always looked for it. Because I mimicked it, again, I have so many, play, you know, as we would call it in the black neighborhood, I have a lot of play dogs. And oh my goodness. And when I say a lot, I mean at least about a hundred play dogs <laughs> because they would always say, I like him. <laughs> he, he'll talk to me about anything and give me the truth about how men look at things. So I, you know, the spiritual father gave me that view to be able to have the wisdom to counsel and had the leadership to be able to lead them in a special type of way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's beautiful. And you said something very important. For those who may have a void and may not be able to, may not have had a great relationship with their father, you know, there is something, somewhere, someone that will enter into your life to help fill that void. And there is, is if we only just paid attention to the signs of the times, I say, or the signs that, that God is really putting along your way, 
You know, there you may not have known your biological father, but maybe you got a stepdad, or you may not have uh, you may not have a stepdad, but maybe you have a spiritual father. So oftentimes we always, you know, the saying, "The grass is always greener." Yeah, our circumstances may not be what is ideal. And I truly believe one of the biggest breakdowns, especially that's going on in the black community right now is the lack of fathers. Um, and, and, and on the flip side, don't get me wrong, there are a ton of amazing fathers out there and we need to highlight them a lot more so that our kids have an image of what fathership looks like. Are, like Wes, you shared earlier that your dad taught you how to take care and how to be a father. My dad was a rock and is a rock in my family. You know, my mom and dad played such a yin yang role. Like together, it was it was a foundation for me. They allowed me to be me and 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 be all crazy. And mom and dad, I'm going to Japan in two weeks. I'm going to live there for a year. Thank you. You know, they allowed me to do these crazy things that I don't know where that came up. And that was like 10, 15 years ago. But, you know, they allowed that, But because I had that that solid foundation. And so for those who may not have that solid dual parent foundation, there is another foundation that you'll be blessed with. And that's unique to you. So I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know who this is for, um, but it's for somebody. I'm speaking to a specific person right now. And if that's you, you already feel it in your soul, in your spirit. So just know that regardless of your circumstance, even to, to George Floyd's daughter, regardless of what happened to your dad, maybe she's gonna get 10 fathers now. Maybe she's having celebrities reach out to her and be like, are you okay? I heard Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are paying uh, for her entire uh, university. They like all her education is taken care of already. George Floyd's daughter. So, so she got that because normally you think the father is the provider. So she's getting support. So you will be getting support just looking at it in different ways. So to that's one way we wanted to share a, a way that even if our fathers are taken away from us or our fathers we didn't know, there is an ultimate father that we all have access to that we can tap into. If we surrender our will to his will, God will show up for you and will fill any void that you have. I think that's very important to know. So. I just wanted to say, if it's your, if you're chiming in, we want, we started off this conversation about fathers, and and our, it's our topic mm -hmm. of what the impact of fathers has in our society, and um, and now I know there are a lot of mothers that are wearing the father hats, but uh, you know, it's women. We do the best that we can. I say we're like chameleons. You know, we we play whatever role we need to play in the moment. And God bless, God bless us and God bless all the women that had to play both roles. But what I really want to now find out is that, yes, there's a huge impact that fathers have on our lives. Now, let's talk about how we can actually adopt a certain type of role model as an example. Mm -hmm. if, we don't, if we can't see the example, where can we go and find the example? What are your, what's your perspective, Lester? Oh, the examples are all around you. You can find anything that you're looking for, but you have to want to look for it. You know, when you hear the bad examples, my father is a drunk, then you're looking like, okay, do I start hanging out with these drunk people? Or you hear my father is a, you know, he's an addict or he's incarcerated. And then that's what you start believing in your life. But yet you will go to a sports park and you will see fathers there for days because they're involved in their children's lives. They sit on the side, they're laughing, they're joking, they're bonding. And you can see that father standing there. Or, you know, some people looked at uh, Barack Obama as a father because he was always with his daughters. No matter what the political scene was, his family, his daughters was so important. The fathers are always around. It's just that, are you ready to actually find out what it, what is it? How many women can actually say, and for all of you women here, here's the question. How many women actually trust the men that you're around? Because trusting the men that you're around 
is the first part, whether you actually want to find a father, father figure, whether you call him dad or you call him father, you're going to see it where it begins with trust. When you finally have that, that guy who's standing in your life and he wants you for your brains instead of anything else, you, you want to know, do you stand there long enough to see what is he going to do? Are you putting him on trial? So many men are put on trial first and then they're adopted. But uh, a girl can go to a mother and she can have the worst record in the world about anything. And yet people will trust that mother before they trust that father. It's the trust factor that's built in. And the more that you started trusting men, the easier it is for them to find the guys who are actually out there that say, you know what? You have the greatest potential in the world, but they have to trust that man first. Very, very true. So let's, let's now talk about a little bit about not only the role of fathers, but let's talk about the family. The family unit. Now, we talked earlier that families don't really come up in politics. They don't come up with, uh, you know, in terms of like, I don't hear politicians getting on the we're going to rebuild families. Like, I just I just don't hear that. And I find that broken families or families with huge challenges. Now, here's a disclaimer for all of us. We all got family challenges. We all have a crazy uncle, a crazy auntie. You know, we all like as much as we think that, you know, our family is unique. Sure, they're unique in their individuality, but on a whole, we all have similar challenges. There's cousins that we don't talk to, maybe, or aunties or uncles that we don't talk to, and that's that's one thing. But the main thing is, I want to find out a little bit about a family unit. I came. Let me share, and I'm going to share this story because it's it was really it was one of the things that really shocked me when I first got to Los Angeles. I, uh, some of you may know, I've traveled a little bit, I've lived in different countries, and um, so I'm not a, sh a stranger to traveling. And I actually was living in Toronto, I was originally from Toronto, and I was living in Toronto at the time, a few years back, and I came to Los Angeles for a convention. And it, I packed for the weekend, and it was a business convention, it was beautiful, it was great, it was in the middle of December, and so it was cold outside uh, in Toronto, we get warm in California. Long story short, what ended up happening was God, who is my guy, um, started to open doors for me and I just started to see myself here living in California. So I walked through the doors and I continued along the journey. I kept making people, meeting people, making moves and things just progressed one after the other. And I, nonetheless, I ended up staying here and finding a way, finding a place, getting all my papers in order. Now, for me, I'm new. And in Los Angeles, there's millions of people. One of the things that shocked me, I started to Uber around the place and people are super, super friendly out here. And one of the things I realized is that in this city full of so many people with so many things to do, you can go to parties, you can go to the beach, you can go see to museums. There's so many things that we can do. I kept meeting people who were alone. They felt alone. They didn't have friends to call. They couldn't pick up the phone and say, girlfriend, and kaka, 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 on the phone. To the point where when I would meet people like my Uber driver, I'm, I'll never forget my Uber driver wanted to go to the movies together. It's a it's a, a little older woman. She probably about 10 years on me and she, we wanted to go. She just wanted someone to go to the movies with. So I said to myself, how is it that so many people can be out here, yet we still feel so alone? Maybe it's just you and a son that you're raising or you and your mom or or maybe it's just two of you in a house. or maybe you're by yourself. And you just feel alone. You see, and Lester, you're going to you'll know more than anyone else that something like that. This is how suicide kicks in, folks. Oh, yes. Right. This is how this is how mental 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 health starts to spiral out of control. This is how depression deepens. When we don't have a support system, whether it be girlfriends or family or fathers or mothers or sisters or, or coworkers, when we don't have a support system around us, 
where iron can sharpen iron, where we can lean on. If we don't have that system, what do we have? Especially if we don't know God from above. Lester, I know you've seen a lot in your years of policing. What is it that you can share a little bit about the breakdown of not having either a family unit or just a unit in general and seeing so many people on their own and feeling alone? This is one of the worst seasons that we've had, having to stay with this coronavirus, COVID-19. People, for the first time in their lives, they were meeting themselves. Mm. Usually you can go out and you can sit in an office and you can be surrounded around people, but choose who you spoke with. And now you're faced for the first time in your life being able to have to deal with yourself because you couldn't go anywhere. And this was a hard time for people because it's loneliness. All they can do is pick up a phone and maybe find someone. Because they didn't build up these relationships over time, they felt so bad, so neglected, and just basically that feeling, again, of being totally separated. You can't go to the theater. You can't go out and eat. You can't deal with anybody that you're used to. What was that feeling for it? And you couldn't reach out. See, during this time of this virus, the virus is not what was killing people. It was that feeling of, I might get it. I might be a part of it. And nobody, nobody will come to my funeral. And then what did they do? They pulled the families apart and they said, if you have a family, we're going to have this funeral. But you got to stay outside. You know, you're talking about having the family and having, you know, any part of your family. And imagine you can't go see your family because the funeral home says you're only going to be allowed five people. That's all they can do. But you have a family like mine of nine. Now, what are you supposed to do? Who gets to stay outside? How come they can't talk? See, these things are popping in someone's mind because some people are missing their parents. Doesn't matter whether it's your father or your mother and they're, they're sitting on the right-hand side of God. But the question of it is, is that you have to learn how to integrate when now the world is telling you the only way that you can talk to somebody is through a screen. Hi, we're here, here, we can talk to you and you have to learn how to connect and what they call a new normal. How do you turn around and get a feeling? You can't feel me from a distance. You know, they tell you, you can't hug them. You can't shake their hand. Just kind of look at them, put a mask on. And that mask is the thing that you hide behind because all of your life you've been hiding behind a mask that was unseen to everyone else. But now you have to find a way to have a conversation with someone. You know, we went from this thing called dating you know, you can actually go out, go meet somebody and laugh and joke with them. So we got to do it online. And then we we're going to take a chance on who this person is and don't know whether this, anything about them. So you start building up again a mistrust. This is a season where you got to take care of your mind. You got to be able to find a way to declutter a lot of the mess that's going on in your head because it's the story that you tell yourself. Nobody wants me. No one want to be around me. That's a story that you're making up because of loneliness. And you don't want to start making up stories because the more you believe the story that you're telling in your head, it's a lot of time more damaging than helpful. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That is so true. So, you know, the people in your life, that is your rock, that is your, that is your, 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 your companion, that is your sidekick, that is your, you know, your ride or die, just, some reason, some for some reason right now, it's come to my spirit to just say, you know what, reach out to them and just let them know how much you appreciate them, how much you love them. It could be mommy, it could be daddy, it could be your children. I know a lot of women whose children hold them up, you know, whose children give them strength. So just love on them today because you just never know what could happen. And, um, you know, always walk in expectation of greatness and always appreciate what you have. And like we will we'll wrap up the show with similar to how we started. And we talked about in the beginning is that we have everything that we need, regardless of our circumstances. Yes, we can look at the world and see all the crazy things that are happening right now. And I agree. Yet, if we also look at it, regardless of your, your how you 
were brought into this world and the experiences that you have, you know, there's droughts that's going to happen to you, you know, and even if you look to the good book of wisdom, there was a gentleman by the name of um, Job. And he was, he was really successful. He had everything that he wanted. He had his family, he had his wife, he had his riches and something happened and all that got taken away from him. And I love that story. And for those of you who know the good book of wisdom, I just say, you know, take it as academic. It's full of, it's about a king and his kingdom, you know, and all the heirs. <laughs> That's really what it's, a, it's a great stories and, and a phenomenal wisdom that is, that is undeniable. And this story of Job is that he lost everything. He had a drought. So your drought could have been two years, three years, 10 years. But the thing is, if we were just to open our eyes and shift our perspective, that's why we're doing this show, to shift your perspective. If you were to just look to the left and to the right and say, what is it that I need and what already is in my life that can help replace that need. So if you didn't grow up with both parents or if you didn't have a strong relationship with your father, then who's maybe you have a strong relationship with your spiritual father or the ultimate father, God from above, or maybe you were missing your mother, you know, you, and there's, there's maybe a teacher that will act a mother a motherly to you. You know, Lester being a police officer, he said that people called him daddy. And these are students in a high school. So mm -hmm. I don't know who this is for, but this is definitely came into our spirit for a reason to share with you. And we haven't done a show like this really um, because most of our shows are, are, are different, but this show is really specifically for somebody out there right now. And it might be a few of you who are in the position where they you're looking and you see the lack in your life. You see the gaps, mm -hmm. you see the holes. You see what you used to be and what you're not. You see what your bank account isn't and what it should be. You see what your circumstances are. You're, you're having rear view mirror conversations. And I wanna just offer you a perspective as we're season three in this show that if you ask yourself three key words, you can write this down and have it as a takeaway. How can I? Those are your three key words for today. If you, you know, you can't bring back a loved one physically, you can't, you know, some of you, if we're, we're talking about fathers, so some of you may, maybe you, it, it's, it's challenging to, to restore your relationship with your father. But how can I? How can you fill that void? Because the longer you walk around with the void, the more you allow it to fester. And as it festers, it gets stronger and it becomes the ruler in a sense of your life. So I love uh, George Floyd's daughter when she had this powerful, but she just lost her father. And she was on the shoulders and we played it in an earlier episode. She was on the shoulders of her uncle, I believe it was. And he was holding her up. And she looked around and saw all these murals of her father saying, I can't breathe, or George Floyd. And she said, Daddy changed the world. What an empowering perspective of a little girl that just lost her dad. She saw things differently. She saw something greater than her. She saw an opportunity for the world to change because of her dad. She didn't say, oh my gosh, my dad is gone. And of course she had those moments. So I'm, we just wanna offer you a different perspective. We're midway of this season. And so we're gonna have a Chantel Lester special one more tomorrow. And what we may do next week, we may change the time of the show so that we can, we've been getting a lot of comments and feedbacks of people saying, oh, I, I just missed it or, or it's such a challenging time. So we may be able to shift the time of the show and we'll obviously we'll let you guys know. So we'll start again, opening up the table, opening up this channel, this platform for you to share your voice starting on Monday. So we wanna be able to allow you to come on and just be transparent. Just share what's on your heart, share your feelings because this is how we heal. Now, one of the key things, Lester, I want you to chime in on this because I, I look at you as an amazing storyteller. <laughs> 
You are full of stories. You've met some amazing leaders in your yeah. journey. Uh, you know, including some of my favorite people, people that I've been quoting. I had Nelson Mandela's quotes on my email signature at work for a lot for for years, mm -hmm. and, and listened to so many of the greats. Now, what can you share about the power of telling your story? Oh, I'm glad that you asked that question. Telling your story. No matter how good that you think that the story is, it's the path of your life. When people see the path of your life, they have such an understanding that you may have all walked in that same path. Some of you all have forks in your lifetime. Some of you all have had the greatest adventures or some of you have had some adventures that you wish that you can forget. But that story when the person was going through the best time in their life and lose everything like Job did, it's like, wow. Who could that have happened to? And I've already talked about that happened to Job, and yet today you're living that same type of life. Or that story that you had on and you were the brokest ever and you became one of the, the most richest people of the world. That's a story that you can tell. It's not just the good stories, but it's the stories of all types. Chantel and I are also, we're in a co-authored book together. And we've talked about this particular co-authored book and everybody got a chance to write their story because to, to you, your story is the most important. I, I live by a quote and someone gave to me once and it says, to the world, you may be the one, but to the one person, you may mean the world to them. Your story is most important and don't look at, don't think that your impact on what has happened to you. Your impact is so important, how you survived, how you thrived in any place. Even if you still feel like you're spiraling down, you'd be surprised. Write that story and watch how it can lift you up. That's the power of a story. Wow. That story is so important. It's, it's here. You need to just start writing. If you don't know how to write a story, find someone else that does and tell them the story. And you'd be surprised the story that you actually lived. Wow, so true. Everybody has a story and oh, yeah. everybody has a perspective. So this is why we have dedicated season three and we open it up and we're gonna open it up back again on Monday to have you come and share your perspective, your story so you can impact other people. And guess what? Listen, this is, you know, this is, this is all about purpose, my mastery and truth. So expect to be shifted, expect the unexpected, expect to hear the exact same thing that you need to hear right then, right then, right now, when you come on. So not only are you going to transform others, but you get transformed each time. And we'll wrap up with this. As we talked about the story of Job, he lived a great life. He had a great family. He lost everything. I mean, his family, his family passed away. His riches were taken away. His health diminished. He lost everything. But one thing he did do was stay faithful to God. And because that he was able to stay faithful to God, he was tested by his friends. They poked and probed at him. You, you've had those friends in your life that tend to be naysayers or when things get taken away from you, they, they tend to highlight that all the time. It's like, I'm trying to forget that. Why do you keep bringing it up? We've been there. It might be our family members. It might be our friends. It might be our own self-talk. But you got to block those things out and stay focused on one thing that you know is never changing, all present, all powerful. And that's God. And as you lean into that and you just start to to just be grateful, even in your adversity, be grateful, even in your adversity, because there's something magical. There's something very special about gratitude and, of course, about positive thinking, all the other stuff. There's a lot behind it of what happens in the universe to be able to transform you and change your situation, because what happened to Job is not only did his did he get a, his life restored, his family, he was able to develop a new family. He got double the amount of riches and glory and, 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 and success that he had before. And that could be the same for you. 
So thank you guys so much for watching today. It was great having you. Uh, again, I don't know who this is for, maybe for you or your friends. So make sure you click that share button because maybe they need to hear something that we shared today that will impact them, that will make them think differently. Because always remember, we, sh we look at life through our eyes of our perspective. Any final closing words, Lester? Just believe in yourself. You're the most fantastic person in the world or someone once told me, and I still believe it today, you're God's greatest gift. And all you have to do is tell them, God, I am your greatest gift. Amen, I love that, <laughs> I love that. So regardless of your circumstance, make sure you share, love on the people that have been around you and support you, just show appreciation to them. And that includes yourself. You are God's greatest gift. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, the same time, same place at the wake up and live show at 4 p.m pacific time always remember you got one life make it count and navigate on purpose take care we'll see you tomorrow